All right, good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem will learn Daf Lamed Vav in Maseches Yevamos. Let's start 10 lines up from the bottom of Lamed Hayam and Bez. Before you give me the stink eye, Andrew, this is where Ari Leibowitz was up to, I discovered. Okay, Mesve. Uh, what's going on? Oh, remember Machlokas from Yochanan and Reish Lakish. What was the Machlokas? Ah, you're Miyabe, me pregnant Yevama. Uh oh. Oops. You don't do it on purpose, but you discover that she came into the situation pregnant. You're not supposed to, you're supposed to really wait, Barry, but he didn't, this guy. He's Miyabim, a pregnant Yavama. Machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan says, the Yibum works. Rishlokas says, the Yibum does not work, which is to say, even if you discovered that the, this Yavama, let's say, goes to term, loses the baby somehow, either she goes to ter- she doesn't go to term, she miscarries Khalila, or she goes to term, loses the baby, could be worse, and then uh, it turns out that, sure enough, the brother died childless. Still, if, even if you had already done Yibam or Chalitza, you have to do Yibam or Chalitza again, according to Reish Lakish. According to Rabbi Yochanan, retroactively, if you had had a crystal ball and you would have known that you could, you could have said at the moment of the Yibam or Chalitza that you did originally when she was pregnant, you could have already then said that he was sure enough childless and therefore even the Yibam or Chalitza that was done during her pregnancy is valid according to Rabbi Yochan. So Rabbi Yochan says it's valid. Rish Lakish says no, no, no. You need to know for sure that she is, that the, uh, that the original brother is childless in order for that Yibam or Chalitza to be Valid. So they challenge Rav Yochanan now. We're going to bring Mesve. We're going to bring a Bryce that makes it seem like the Yibum during the pregnancy is not valid. Says the Bryce. Right? It's Nimtas Muberis. Have to stress, he didn't know that she was pregnant. But he did it too early. You need to wait to find out. Says the Bryce. So the first thing is the Bryce says like this. The tsara should it not should right the tsara of this Meuberis Yevama should not get married because maybe it'll turn out that the Vlad is Ben Kayama. Wait a minute, what do you mean? Says the Gemara. If the Vlad is Ben Kayama, we'll see, this ends up being restored, this shot. But right now it sounds like we'll find out that the that this pregnant woman's Vlad is Ben Kayama, and then the, it'll turn out that the Yibam wasn't necessary. So then ask the Gemara, what do you mean? If that's the case, if Yibam was never necessary, then the moment this Vlad was born, the moment that it, uh, this Vlad, we turn out that, he's, that, he has a, that there's a child, turns out retroactively that no Yibam was necessary ever, and that Sarah, in fact, in that scenario, is totally mutter to everyone. In other words, the Tsaros only have to wait so long as they have a Zika to a Yavam, right? In other words, when there is a Yavama and all the co-wives waiting, none of them can get married. But if there was, but that's only if the, if the brother died childless. If the brother died and he had a family, he had children, then the moment he dies, everybody goes to marry everyone, anyone they want. So what does the Bryce mean? When it says she shouldn't get married because maybe he will not have died childless. There might have been a child. Says the Gemara, That's what we're saying now. That if there is in fact a child, then the tsara is for that reason totally putter. So why is the Brisa language that the 
Sarah has to wait because maybe there's a child. If there's a child, that's a scenario where she doesn't have to wait. You have to say it the opposite way, right? That she has to wait because maybe it'll turn out, what? That the child won't be viable. And then, according to Rabbi Yochanan, if you were going with Rabbi Yochanan, there should be a Mimanafshach, right? In other words, the Mimanafshach would be, according to Rabbi Yochanan, in other words, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it, it, uh, according to Reish Lakish, this Bryson now reads well, right? Shemelo Yevlad ben Kayama means that the Tsara needs to wait because maybe the uh, Yibum needs to, in fact, be performed, but we don't know that the Yibum is going to need perform, be, be performed until after we find out whether the child is viable or not. Until that point, everybody should wait in abeyance, right? Now, according to Rabbi Yochanan, you should be able to do Chalitza even then, and once you do chalitza, as Rashi had already said in the two-word Rashi on our daf over here, mimanafshach, if you do chalitza early, according to Rabbi Yochanan, then you get the following mimanafshach. If there is a need for yibum, then you're going to already have chalitza, which means that the tsar can go off and marry anyone she wants. And if there's no need for yibum, meaning if the child turns out to be viable, so then all the more so the tsar could go out. So once you do chalitza prematurely, according to Rabbi Yochanan, you could already go out as a tsara. It is only according to Reish Lakish that the tsar would have to wait on the, on the uh, off chance that the child doesn't survive. So that is the kasha on Rabbi Yochanan. Amazing, right? Says the Gemara. If you hold like Rabbi Yochanan, that the bia of a meuberis actually works, to count as yibum, amai lo tarasa. Why can't the tzara be married right away? Tipater bevia shel chaverta. Right? Once, right, once the brother uh, prematurely is miyabim, right, the co-wife, so then you fall into the miman of shach. And therefore, this brisa that says that the tzara needs to wait only makes sense according to Rish Lakish. Because again, only according to Rish Lakish does the premature be yibum or, or, or chalita not work according to Rabbi Yochanan it would work and therefore you employ Mimanafshach as we've already done yesterday and the tsar would never have to wait oh. so now the Gemara is going to defend Rabbi Yochanan as follows Amar Abaye look at the Brisa the Brisa doesn't say cholet uh, yivimto it says hakonet sit yivimto says Abaye beviya kule ama lo pligidu lo patra yeah 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 the Brisa is just pointing out that bia would never patra even according to Rabbi Yochanan the machlokes would be bachalitza, but that's chalitza is not the right the the case in the brisa. In the case of chalitza, Rabbi Yochanan saw chalitza smuberes shma chalitza, and bias smuberes lo shma bia. In other words, he is modifying. We thought that Rabbi Yochanan held that a bia and a chalitza prematurely would work, which is to say that if you were to find out that this woman who is pregnant that you either did yibum or chalitza on it doesn't have a viable child, then if it turns out that you needed to do chalitza or yibum retroactively, it's good. That's what we thought. But Abaye contends that Yochanan only holds that that works for chalitza. It doesn't work for biyum, for yibum. Biyum is a conglomerate of yibum and bia. But if it doesn't work for yibum, why does it not work for yibum? Because it, in a, this means that if it turns out that the child wasn't viable, you'd have to be miyabim again. You continue, as we said yesterday, to live with her and be miyabim again. Now, the truth of the matter is, I thought this made sense. There is a huge hawk in the Rishonim already, and then later, Rebbe Chanan, Achronim, this quoted by the great Dafyomi Master, Vary Leibowitz, 
um, that that this idea of keep ligu chalitza, Rabbi Yochanan Sava chalitza smuberes shma chalitza bim muberes loshma bia. To me, this makes sense. I'll 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 say it outside first, and then maybe we'll explain it a little bit. Andrew, when you have a pregnant woman, right at that point, you can understand why yibum wouldn't work because you're doing garnishment garnished. What are you accomplishing? Doing being meyabim a pregnant woman. Right? In other words, you're not, you're not, uh, giving anybody a legacy, right? You're not being Mikhaim anybody's name by already being Miyabim, a person, a woman that's already pregnant. And Achinami, if she ends up having a non-viable baby, then there's what to talk about. But she's pregnant already. What are you accomplishing, Barry? Nothing. But Chalitza works, right? People divorce pregnant women. It's a terrible situation, but it happens all the time. Okay, so therefore I, I was kind of identifying, I'm usually a Rava guy, but I was identifying with Abaye here. In other words, I could see why Chalitza and Yibum would be different in a pregnant woman. Chalitza and a pregnant woman works. Gershon works on a pregnant woman. But what is Yibum accomplishing, right? That's what I thought. But we'll see. It's, um, it's a little different than that. This does not, what I just said is not what the Rishonim and Achorim say. So let, but let, let's just get back into it. So Rabbi Yochanan Sava Chalitzas Muberes Machalitza Bias Muberes Losh Mabia. So this is what Abayi wants to say that the reason why the Brisa is not a steer with Rabbi Yochanan is because the Brisa is talking about Yibum and Rabbi Yochanan would agree in a case of Yibum that a that a Bia of a Muberes doesn't work. And Rishlakish, in contrast, Sava Bias Muberes Losh Mabia, just like Rabbi Yochanan, and also Bechalitzas Muberes Losh Machalitza. And therefore, really, the machlokas is only about chalitza, and therefore, both Rabbi Yochanan and Rachel Lakish would agree this idea of a konas yivimtov nimtas muberes is a case of lotinase sarasa. However, Rava challenges Abaye and saying it outside, he's going to say that no, there's no such thing as saying that chalitza doesn't work, but uh, or chalitza works and yibum does not, as follows: Amalei Rava manafshach ibias muberes mabia chalitza muberes machalitza. So Rava is the one that links them back together and say that, that Yibum and Chalitza always have to have the same halacha. So if you, Rabbi Yochanan, hold that Chalitza, Meuberes, Shema Chalitza, you're going to have to hold that Bia Meuberes, Shema Bia also. This is where the Rishonim go nuts because they say, we have tons of cases where uh, we say, well, you can't do Bia here. You can't do yibum because it's a iser, right? It's an iser erva. So you know what? Do chalitza. So we have uh, all these cases already where we do chalitza where you don't do yibum. So the answer, the most pushed answer, like the Meiri says, is that, yeah, but that's darabanan. In other words, when you're doing it as a darabanan, so then, of course, you do chalitza sort of because you're stuck. But, but fundamentally, you're only supposed to do, as Rabbi says, the best way to explain what Rabbi says is, the only time you even come out to Chalitza is in a case where you would also, Mi'ikar Adin, we'll call it, fundamentally, be allowed to do Yibum. That's what it means. The Hakaim Alan, as we arrive at Lamed Vav Aleph, at the manageable time, 548 a.m. The Chola Yibum, Chalitza, So again, the best way I would exp- explain it is that Yibum, right, doesn't work in a case of suffix. And then chalitza only works in a case where yibum can be done. So that's the difference, Barry. Over here, you have a fundamentally a case of suffix, which is to say you don't uh, know whether yibum is even necessary in the first place. 
And so Rava links them back together, and so we have a kasha on Rabbi Yochanan still. When Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi Yochanan looks at this price and he sees that you should not have, that you cannot, as a tzara, right, get married right away, it's a question. It sounds like Rabbi Yochanan would say that you should be able to get married away because you can create a miman of shach situation by doing either ibum or chalitza prematurely. And therefore, why does the tzara have to wait to see if the child is viable? Rabbi therefore has to defend Rabbi Yochanan in a different way. By explaining the brisa thusly, just like we said, okay, that's the din in the brisa. He hasn't changed anything. The tsar has to wait. Why? Shema yehad Vlad ben Kayama. Look at that. He brings it back to Shema yehad Vlad ben Kayama. Right? We said that that was Adarabba. Now he's saying, no, that's not Adarabba. That's what it meant in the first place. Shema yehad Vlad ben Kayama. Because maybe the Vlad will be, will be viable. In other words, right? Because there was a kid, Lemafreya, it turns out that your Biyar, your Chalitza, was gurnished. Okay? Let's see Rashi here. Shemi Vlad Muberis, the third line. Vlad Shel Kayam Kol. Right? Because if there is, in fact, a child, everybody holds that this Bia is not a Bia, right? Because the time of the Rebbechanan, Mishum Shemi Yavo Elio, right? The whole Svara of Rebbechanan is that if we knew whether there, this would be a viable child, then we would know whether this Bia is necessary or not, right? If Shiavo Elio, Yomar Nefel Havai, Vachalekalamema Hachi, Vlad ain't poter, Achayetzalavi or Olam. In other words, the only thing that this Bryce is really saying is that we don't want, right, if you're at Sarah, it may turn out, so it's not really, it's not really uh, a statement, according to the Bryce, okay, about whether that Sarah shouldn't really marry yet or not, right? It, it just is explaining that it's confirming Rabbi Yochanan that if the Vlad was not a Ben Kayama, so then, sure enough, you would need to do Yibam Chalitza. All, all he's saying is that once the child goes into the world, turns out that the Yibam and Chalitza were not necessary in the first place. That's really all he's saying. That the Yibam and Chalitza would not be necessary in the first place. And guess what? Once it turns out that the Yibam and Chalitza were not necessary, so then it's poor form for the Tzara to get married before she knows definitively one way or the other, right? In other words, I guess the way I would say it is, even though there is a miman of shach, we don't say, okay, so there's a miman of shach. In other words, we don't say, oh, there's a miman of shach that works in my favor, so I should get married anyway, because this chalitza is going to retroactively be determined. Says Rava, right, uh, according to Rabbi Yochanan, what the Bryce is saying is, if you're at Tzara, cool your jets. Wait at least until it's confirmed which way you're getting let go, either by the viable baby or by the chalitza because the baby's not going to be viable. But you can't, just, you can't just get married early and say, oh, the baby's not going to be viable anyway. Or, you know, it'll probably be a baby. Just wait until there's a baby and you're clean and nobody has to have any tainas on you. Okay, and we'll see. This brysa is going to be backed up now by the following brysa as follows. Tanya Kavisei de Rava. Here we have a, a brysa like Rava that says the following. 
Right? That our case, a person is miyabim, a pregnant woman. So they don't want the tzara to get married. Why? Now it's exactly what the shot the Rava had. Maybe the Vlad will turn out to be viable. Right? In other words, once the Vlad is viable, then what is it that is being poter the tzara? Not the, not the Bia or the Chalitza that was done prematurely on the pregnant lady, but rather, right, it's the birth of this child. The birth of this child retroactively makes it such that the Yibum and the Chalitza was never necessary. The Vlad ain potra olam. Yeah, but again, the, this tour of the Vlad is not so, un, right, the tour of the Vlad does not take effect. That's the point, right? The tour of the Vlad Yes, you can anticipate it when once you see that the woman is pregnant. Say, maybe one day I'll be putter. But you're not putter in the moment, Andrew. You know, just because she's pregnant doesn't mean that the guy had, that the brother, the deceased brother had kids yet. And therefore, since you're not putter in the moment, it is unadvisable yet to get married. Yes, you could create a chalitza. And according to Yochanan, maybe that chalitza would work retroactively. But let's wait, because you don't know how you're going to become putter yet. You're either going to be patr by the chalitza or you'll be patr by the vlad being viable. But guess what? Chazal wants you to wait to find out which patr it's going to be. You can't just rely on the vlad being viable in, in the second trimester. So don't get married yet. Let's see which patr you're going to get and then you can get married. That's the halacha. Oh, says, right? So this is such a strong brysa Right? And clearly this brysa that we just quoted directly supports Rava. It's such a strong brysa that now it's a question on Reish Lakish. Sounds like we don't, right? Because it sounds like even though we, uh, we wait, let's see it inside in the Gemara. It says, <laughs> Once you read the Gemara, once you read the brysa like this, like Rava said, it sounds like our concern is what? Our concern is that if the child is in fact viable, then we don't want the pater of the child to be used prematurely. We want to wait for the child to actually be born. Oh. But it sounds like if, if we had known that the child wouldn't be viable, then the premature chalitza or the yibum would be okay. So this reading of the b'risa is almost connected Reish Lakish, in a sense. Because Reish Lakish wants to wait to see if the child is viable or not before he even does the chalitza or the yibum. According to, to the, this b'risa, it sounds like maybe if you had known, if you did in fact have Elion Navi or a crystal ball, or Elion Navi with a crystal ball, then you'd be able to do chalitza even prematurely. So Amalach Reish Lakish, Reish Lakish would respond, no. Haki Kitani, this is what the b'risa is trying to say. Akonis yivim tavnitzis mu'beres, harezu loti nasitzarasa, shema lo yehavlad ben kayama. So they, he brings it back. So, right, in other words, if you hold, like Rabbi Yochan, you say, yeah, the problem is here is not the, the premature chalitza or the ibum. The problem is that the p'tor is, if the p'tor is the fact that the child will be born, then you have to wait till the birth. If you hold, like Rish Lakish, then you say, no, the problem here is if the child would not be born, can you prematurely, right, rely on the ibum chalitza? So they keep flipping it back and forth. They say, that the premature chalitza or bia is invalid, as is the sheet of Rish Lakish. And he says, and then he bavorns, as Rashi says, a kasha. He anticipates the following kasha. 
olam. So he says, what is the rest of the Brisa saying? This is what Rashi says. Rashi says that the rest of Brisa explains why she waits. Uh, according to Reish Lakish, why is she waiting? Well, because if you're going to say that, after all, let's, like, you lose sight of reality when you read your Vamas, right? Because you learn your Vamas, everybody, everybody ends up kind of cohabiting with their family members and then dying. So you lose sight of the fact that usually, Baruch Hashem, not always, unfortunately, but usually you see a pregnant lady, chances are there'll be a baby, right? So if that was the case, says Rish Lakish, so you know what, there's going to be a baby here, so you'd think that the that Sarah could just go and marry somebody else because she realizes the husband didn't die childless. No, says Rish Lakish. That is the point of the Bryce. The Bryce is telling you, yes, you might have a Hava Amina that you can employ the prospects of rove, and therefore rove women, chances are this is a pregnant lady, that usually leads to a baby, so lest you think that you could rely on rove, we tell the tsara no. According to Rish Lakish, we tell the tsara wait until the baby is born, and then you can go get married. Then you can go marry whoever you want. Uh, okay, so Rabari Leibowitz, of course, is going to get involved here. If you want to see a lot of achreinim and, and, and raid on this, then why would you not rely on Rove here? But it's not for us. That's the lumdas you can get into with, yesh- with in Yeshiva. Why not rely on Rove here? But the uh, fact of the matter is, the simplest answer, I would say, is relying on Rove is when you can't be it, when there's no way to determine whether the child be, will be viable or not. You don't necessarily, uh, you're not necessarily allowed to rely on a Rove in a case where soon enough you're going to know the answer. So why don't you just wait till you know the answer? See what I mean, Barry? But too much lambdas for Dafyomi for, Yavamas, uh, right? Okay, so let's go. Amar Rabbi Elazar. Rabbi Elazar is going to have a comment on here. After Isa Laha Teresh Lakish, the Lot Nan La B'Masnisin, he asks a fascinating question. So, first of all, what have we accomplished until now? What we've accomplished until now is we have the Shita Teresh Lakish that a premature Chalitza and Yibam. Doesn't, is not valid and you'd have to do it again. We have the Shita of Yochanan that it is valid and you don't have to do it again. What Rabbi Lazar isn't telling you and what ends up being the case is that we actually paskin like Rish Lakish. The, the premature Chalitza and Yibum is not worth, it doesn't work prematurely. Now, we just tried to bring Brysos to support one way or the other, but that was unsuccessful because both Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan were able to read it according to their Shita. And so what Rebbe Lazar is asking here is, assuming that we know that we hold like Rish Lakish, can't we find some source in the Mishnayas, some Tanaic material? Right, he's an Amora, Rebbe Lazar. Can't we find some Tanaic uh, source that would show us that they leans towards Rish Lakish? In other words, where do we learn that we hold like Rish Lakish? Should we, we should find some of the shades of that somewhere. So, Nafak Dak Be'ashkach. Right? If you look hard enough, you'll find the answer. So sure enough, Rabbi Lazar went out, checked really thoroughly, and he found the source. What's the source? It's none. The Mishnah in Yevamos Kuf Yates. How many pages are in this, Masechta Barry? Yevamos Kuf Yates. Um, a little bit down the line over here. Ha'isha Shalach Ba'ala B'Tzarasalam Dina Sayam. Realize what's going on here, Andrew? This is a crazy case. You have a woman, and the husband took her, took her tzara to the Maldives, the Medina Sayam. For some reason, uh, Birnbaum was 
laugh, he couldn't stop laughing. He was laughing for 20 minutes about this case. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine this woman? She's the wife. Uh, in every case, who's the wife and who's the tsara? All right. Every, every tsara thinks that the other one's the tsara. So you have the wife, and the husband took the tsara to a honeymoon to the Maldives. So now, Medina Sayyam. Bless you. And now the tsara, the, the Isha, gets news. Bless you. Guess what? It's like this. You have the married man. Now he gets a new wife. And they go on a honeymoon to the Maldives. And now she gets, uh, she gets the news. The wife, who stays back home, obviously. She's not going on a honeymoon. That's awkward. She gets the news. The husband died in a tragic banana boating accident. Okay. So now... Now, this woman, let's go to the Mishnah and Yavamos, this, this woman, that the original wife that was left behind, she can't get married to anybody. Why? Because she's got to know, well, how about this new tzara? This new tzara may be pregnant. And we can't do anything until we find out, right? Even you can't do, because maybe, the, maybe this man is going to leave a child. You know, he's dead already, but maybe he left a child with the tzara. And getting married you can't do because maybe he's going to, do, he didn't get her pregnant and he's childless, okay? So I understand, don't do yibum, right? Because obviously maybe the tzara is pregnant, she's going to have a child, right? You're not going to do yibum on this woman. Because that would be an Aishas Achder Raisa if it turns out that the man didn't ch- die childless. Says, right, uh, Rabbi Lazar says, why not do Chalitza? Now, here, that was not the original Girsa. Rashi has a long Rashi here. It's uh, he, his original Girsa, Tachlots Betoch Gimel. Uh, Rashi doesn't like it. The art scroll follows the uh, amended version of Rashi, the, part, the one that he did like. So it does get a little confusing, but the point is like this. Why should you not do chalitza? I mean, the answer is going to end up being you shouldn't do chalitza because premature chalitza doesn't work. That's the bottom line. The question is, how long do you have to wait? So Rashi says, in the context of everything we've been learning, you should wait nine months to see if there's a viable baby, right? In other words... Uh, let's say they're still in the Mal- Maldives, so wait, whatever, nine, ten months. Wait until you know that Mimanafshach, there's a baby. In other words, you could do Chalitza after, after the time that it would take for there to be a baby already anyway. Because at that point, there really is a Mimanafshach, and the baby's already in the world. And Chalitza at that point is not dangerous, right? So that's the suggestion he's saying. According to, right, but it says, it says like this, that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says, uh, means unequivocally that, uh, or categorically, you have to have categorical knowledge. You can't just guess. You have to have knowledge that you had a child. Why? So again, why should you not do chalitza? So this is what we're saying here. That within the nine months, as Rashi says, you have a suffix, right? Because uh, because this that that is certain that is a case where you have uncertainty, and we already have a price that says that when you have uncertainty, you don't want to rely on that uncertainty. So this he goes do chalitza if you in fact 
held like Rabbi Yochanan, right? Then you would say that do chalitza betoch tisha, do it prematurely, and then tinase leachar tisha. So in other words, we already learned in the previous price of Barry that getting married within the nine months is poor form. We're never going to allow you to get married within the nine months. But you could do chalitza prematurely. In other words, it says achateda. So, so says, right, so, so says Rabbi Eliezer, do chalitza prematurely. If you hold like Rabbi Yochanan, then that's okay. And then wait nine months. And after nine months, you'll have your mimanav shach. Right? It's okay. We already learned that it's poor form to get married prematurely. But you could still do the chalitza prematurely. The fact that it doesn't give you that suggestion implies, says Rabbi Lazar, implies like Reish Lakish. So the Gemara rejects that, however. It says, Right? But according to you, so then you should be able to do the chalitza and get married right away after Tisha. But that doesn't make sense either. That's not what the Mishnah said, because the Mishnah never said that you could do chalitza. In other words, says the Gemara, that all, what the Mishnah said was that you have to, what? Achateda. You have to get confirmation of a child or not a child. Says the Gemara, that confirmation is something that is irrelevant, whether you're Reish Lakish or you're a Biochanan. Neither of them say that you need confirmation, right? Both of them, what do they say? One of them says that, Rabbi Yochanan says that the premature chalitza is okay. Rabbi Shlakish says that the premature chalitza is not okay. But both of them would agree that if you waited, let's say, 10 months, and you still have no word from these people, they're in the Maldives, and it's the Middle Ages, so it's gonna, it could be years before you find out what happened, right? All you heard was a, a knowledge that the husband died. But, but according to the Brisa, or the Mishnah rather, on Kufya Tess, it sounds like you need to get full confirmation. Well, neither Reish Lakish or Biochan would say that after you waited a year, they need full confirmation. Even if Reish Lakish would say that it's no longer a premature, right, chalitza. But granted, you don't know whether there was a child or whether there was not a child. But one way or another, something happened, right? If there was a child, it would have already happened. And therefore, we should even be able to employ the Miman of Shach according to Reish Lakish, who's, who says that you can't do it prematurely. Because even according to Reish Lakish, after if you waited a year, you're not doing it prematurely at that point. So once you're not doing it prematurely, that is not what the Mishnah is saying. Clearly, says the Gemara, Bar leave this Mishnah out of it, because this Mishnah is clearly not getting involved. This Mishnah doesn't have a dog in this fight. This Mishnah is not getting involved with Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Because this Mishnah is going to say that either, according to Yochanan or Reish Lakish, we don't want to wait, we don't want to let the original Isha get married until we have actual full knowledge confirmation. Why? The Abaye, the Abaye Bar Abba, Rabchinan Bar Abaye, the Amrit This was something that Abaye Bar Abba and Rabchinan Bar Abaye both said was the topic of that mission of Kifyotes, which is Shema Yehev Vlad ben Kayama. Because maybe there is a Vlad ben Kayama, this all has to do with Kahuna. What's the Kahuna? Well, in other words, if the child is viable, then the Chalitza is meaningless, right? As we've said. So if the child turns, if it turns out that there's, that there's a child, so then the Chalitza is meaningless, why is that valid? Not because of anything to do with the Riyachan Mishlakish, but simply to know that is this woman mar- uh, eligible to marry a Kohen? What do you mean? Well, if the child's not viable, so then the chalitza is viable. The chalitza worked, right? If the child's not viable, then the chalitza really mattered. And guess what? Chalitza has status of gershin, 
vis-a-vis marrying a coin. Just like a grusha can't marry a coin and a chalutza can't marry a coin. So what the mission Kufya tests, and keep this in mind for when we, Bezat Hashem, we'll get to Kufya tests in like 90 pages. So when the mission gets to Kufya tests, we'll see. This has to do with what? Is she really a grusha or chalutza or not? Nafkamina, for what can she marry a Kohen? For that, you need actual confirmation, right? You can't, because this is not about whether the woman can get married. It's about whether she can marry a Kohen. So if she wants to marry Israel, she's good to go after nine and a half months and she'll do a chalitza and that'll work for Rabbi Yochan or Rabbi Lakish. But that's not the topic of Kofi test. Topic there is whether she, if she wants to marry a Kohen. So for that, it's not going to be good enough to do chalitza after the nine months. For that, you're going to need to actually get confirmation and then you'll know was the chalitza actually what got you out of the relationship or was it the viable child? So the Gemara asks, Wait a minute. So then, uh, so, so let's say that she needs that announcement. Why do we have to avoid that? Says the Gemara. Yeah, in other words, let's just make the, um, the announcement. So he said, no, but it could be that people get confused. They heard, they knew, right, that there was a chalitza. They didn't know whether there was a chalitza. In other words, until there's full confirmation, everybody knows exactly what's going on. People get the wrong idea and they're going to think, oh, she was a chalitza and however, and still she's married to a kohen. In other words, they knew that there was a chalitza. Again, if there was a chalitza, even if there was a chalitza, if it turns out that there was a viable child, the chalitza, the reason why she's allowed to a kohen is because the chalitza was invalid. Well, we have to wait till everybody knows for sure that the chalitza was invalid. Until that, right, that, until that shmua goes out, um, you're never going to let her get married. And the reason is because even though there's a chalitza, we're still not sure that everybody's going to hear it. We don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. Fine. So that's Rabbi Lazar's uh, idea at this point. Um, that, so Rabbi Lazar's idea now is shot down because he thought that that case of the Medina Sayyam was a perfect case to teach you that we don't, that we have to wait and we don't follow Rabbi Yochanan. And that would show you like Rish Lakish. And it turns out, no, it was a totally different topic. It had to do with Hatara Lakohen. Okay. So now, Amalaya Bayas. Rabbi Yosef to Rabbi Lazar, Midi lo tachlots veloti javim katani? Loti nasa veloti javim katani. So wait a minute. I can reject you in a different way. Not only does that Mishnah tell you that you have to wait, achateda, but also it says, loti nase veloti that she can't get married and she can't do yibum, right? Below chalitza. And she can't get married without chalitza. Avalhi chalitzle hachi nami the sharia, right? In other words, it says, loti nase veloti okay? You can't get married and you can't do yibum without chalitza. Okay, it sounds like if you did do chalitza, maybe she would be permitted to, to remarry. So Abaye is taking Rabbi Loza's proof, throwing it in his face, saying, you know what, the Mishnah Kufya test, now that I take a second look at it, sounds a little bit like Rabbi Yochanan. Sounds like if she had done chalitza, maybe she could go out. Oh my goodness. Uh-oh. So, Tanya Kavasei Der So then, so then, uh, so leave that as may. We leave that uh, aside. We leave Abaye aside, and we don't, we don't touch it because it could really be read either way. And so suffice it to say, we don't have a proof yet for Rish Lakish. But now that the Mishnah was refuted completely, now we're going to have a different brysa to promote Rish Lakish. And this brysa, if you blink, you'll miss it. The whole thing is one line and then 
It's done. It's clear as day. Watch this. Tanya can say, there's shlakish, what's the brysa? Hacholetz lemuberes v'yipila, tzricha chalitza menachin. Stop. What? Yeah, you do chalitza to a pregnant woman, and then it turns out that the child is not viable. You need chalitza again. That's it. Obviously, the original chalitza didn't work. <laughs> Straight up, a brysa like Rish Lakish. If it were Ryochanan, she wouldn't need another chalitza. Because that's all we said before. That what's the difference between Ryochan and Rish Lakish? According to Rish Lakish, you need to do another chalitza because the first chalitza didn't work. Well, guess what? We have a brysa that says that explicitly. That even though she did chalitza, and it turns out she needed chalitza, the first chalitza didn't work. So Amar Rava, and Rava now goes off and says, yeah, sure enough, at the, we're going to turn the page in a minute, at the um, symbolic time of 613, that So there we go, we have a b'risa that the Allah is like Rish Typically, by the way, we always say, Rabbi Yochanan was a great gadol. First of all, Rabbi Yochanan was the gadol ador in Eretz Yisrael. And everybody wants to know when Eric Yasser of Dimi, Yasser of Avin, everybody always wants to know what did Rabbi Yochanan say. And he's always the most authoritative. Not to mention Rosh Lakish was his Talmud. So really, Allah is always like Rabbi Yochanan. Except for when you have Tanya Kavaseyde Rosh Lakish, or these following three cases, where we say that Allah is like Rosh Lakish, which is rare. So, Baharit Loss. These are the three cases, as follows. Chada Hada Amran, the first is this case. We hold like Rosh Lakish, do another Chalitza, or do another Yibam afterwards. And we can understand why we would have an abundance of caution and not rely on the retroactive crystal ball mahalach. So that is the halacha like Reish Lakish. Or, Idach, here's the other two. You ready? Second one over here is the Tznan, a mission of Rabbi Rasa that holds the following. Totally different topic. Okay, sometimes you have this uh, situation. A person wants to write a will and he has, you know, whatever. He has 12 kids. Some are in business. Some are in chinuch. Everyone has different financial needs. He does not want to just do uh, equal, right, Yerusha to everyone and double to the Bechar. He wants to allocate it according to financial need. Okay. That's called Mechalak Nechasav Alpiv. So Reba Lechad, Umiyad Lechad, right? He's allocating prorated according to need. The Hishva Lehem, it's a Bechar. And he doesn't even do the double portion for the Bechar. He considers everybody equal and he just does it based on finances. Okay. Says the Mishnah in Yibaba Basra, Dvar of Kayamim. Right? We, we, we uh, go according to what he said. Now, why do we go according to what he said? Isn't there a concept of Yerusha? Well, yeah, but he didn't say it in a Lushan of Yerusha. He said it like a Matana. He did it Bechayim. That's not a Yerusha. He's giving it out. But if he says it's Mishum Yerusha, then it's as if he did nothing. And even if he says at any point in the Shtar that he's doing it as a Matana, then his words stand. Because he does it like a matana. We turn to Ahmed Beis. Reish But in that Reish said, now Rashi, the first Rashi on Vav and Beis cautions. Reish Lakish is going to explain, right? Because he's in Amora. He just explains. In other words, the lashon should be that I'm giving it to them b'matana. And Rish Lakish is explaining that the word matana has to actually be expressing both the giver and the recipient. As long as you do that, says Rish Lakish, then, in fact, it works as a matana. On that, we agreed, right? We'll see, you know, Rabbi Yochanan, what Rabbi Yochanan said in contrast, but in that is also an area where we agree with Rish Lakish. So that is case number two. Case number three, Ve'idach Tetnan in Basra. 
Akosav called Nechosav Liv Nolach Amoso. By the way, we have a parakeish Nochlin in Yevamos also. But here, this is in Baba Basra, you write down a will, and all of your Nechasim are going to go to your son after you die. Fine. All your properties. So, what did you do? So Rashi is explaining that what he did, what did he do? Well, in every, in every uh, let's say, business transaction, they're what we'll call the produce, but really it's the production, right? The, the, the payros. So let's say the payros is uh, a, 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 an orthodontic intraoral scanner. So you sell the scanner, right? But, 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 but I get all the produce, meaning all the production, from the patients now. It's a terrible example. The, the mill. I'll sell, I'll sell uh, I just, like, I was on my head because I'm not honest. I send you the granary mill. So the mill is yours, right? But I'm still getting the proceeds from the grain now. Meaning the father is still going to hold on to the production so long as he's alive. But he's already sold the farm to the son. We'll call it the farm and the production. Okay. So what did he do? So now he says, So that, that was the arrangement. That's what Rashi explains. So now, So the father can't sell the farm because he already sold the farm. He gave it to the son. But Yeah, but the, the son can't sell the farm either because so long as the father is alive, he, he still is entitled to the produce of the farm. Oh, so one is entitled to the produce, the father. One is entitled to the farm itself, the son. So neither of them can sell it. However, let's say the father sold. So if this father sold prematurely, then sure enough, the produce can go to wherever he sold it until he dies. Once he dies, you're going to have to return the production, not return what you already got, but the production is going to go, going forward is going to go back to the son. And and if the son sells a farm, he doesn't get anything until the father dies, and then the lokech is going to get everything. Which is to say, very simply, the father and the son each can only sell what they have rights to. So the father can only sell the rights to the produce until he's dead, which is what he has the rights to. And the son can only sell the rights to the actual farm, but only once the father dies, because he only gets it officially, the, the farm and the produce, once the father dies. So, and, so, so the Itmar, however, it was said regarding this, what about this crazy case? So the son sold it while the father was still alive, which means that it should not right, take effect until the father dies because only then does the son really inherit everything. But then, sure enough, the son predeceases the father. So now when the son predeceased the father, the father is Yerush the son. The question is, since the son never had really authority to sell it, does the sale even take effect at all? On that, there's a machlokas. Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Lokan Lokeach, Right, Rabbi Yochanan says that since the son, right, never had the opportunity to sell it, that sale is bottle, right? We and however, however, Reish Lakish Amar Reish Lakish is going to say, ironically, there he does have a crystal ball and goes retroactive, and he takes and since he takes title at the time of sale, he acquires the rights to sell it, and therefore, even though he predeceased the father, upon the death of the father, that sale goes through. Now the Gemara has just explained the Machlokas a little bit. There's the Lambdas, that when you have the Kenyan Peros, the reason why Lokan Alokeach is because the father, by virtue of having a Kenyan on the produce, it's as if he owns the entire mill. He who owns the production of the mill is the true owner of the mill. 
However, Reish Lakish Amar Kana Lokeach Kenyan Peros Lavka Kenyan and Guf Dami. Reish Lakish says that that the sale is good because just because the father has access and title to the produce doesn't mean that he owns the farm. He who owns the title and the deed on the farm, which is the son, he is the one that owns the farm, and therefore he could sell it. And therefore, even if he predeceases the father. Sure enough, of course, while the father's alive, it's his. But as soon as the father dies, the, the actual farm will change hands. Um, can you spend four months on this lumdish topic of Kenya Paris, Kenya Naguftami or not? Certainly you can. Uh, but we don't have four months right now. We have four minutes. So let's go. Two dots, 13 lines down. But you got the basic idea, right? Is Does the produce give you title? Okay. Or not? Now, the Mishnah had said, if he marries a Yavama... And she's pregnant, and the child isn't viable, he could keep her as a wife. Satanam Shumar Belezer Amru Yotzi Beget. In the name of Eliezer, they said, because he married her, right? He married an erstwhile Ashis Ach, right? He's going to have to give her a get if he wants to get out of that marriage. So Amar Rava, Remeir, Belezer Amru Dover Echad. Rabbi Eliezer Hada Amran. Rabbi Eliezer said what we just said, right? Which is that the Yavim has to divorce her. And Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir said, the person should never marry in a regular case. Forget Yibum. A person, uh, a, a woman, lost her husband, and she's either pregnant or nursing. Don't, wait till she's finished nursing and being pregnant. And if you do marry her prematurely while she's pregnant or nursing, Rebbe Meir. Meir says, you have to give her a get. Yeah, you have to be motzi here for the time being. You have to sit on the bench and wait. As Rashi explains. But after you wait the requisite time, the 24 months, as it were, for her to finish nursing this baby, you can actually remarry her. So it's not a get. So it sounds like, Rafa says, that Rabbi Meir holds like Rabbi Leazar, that what, what do you do when you do, Rabbi Leazar held, when you do a Yubim prematurely, you have to give her a get. Sounds like here too. When you marry, forget about Yubim, when you marry a woman prematurely and she's still pregnant and nursing, you have to give her a get. Whereas, right, Rechachamim said, you don't have to give her a get, you just wait and don't do anything, separate, and then marry her, uh, marry her for real and bring her in afterwards. So it sounds like Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Leazar, are they saying the same thing? Amalei Abai, Abai say, no, they're not saying the same thing. Mimai, what makes you think that these two cases are identical at all? Dilma Adkan, right, one is a case of Yibum, one is a regular case. So maybe it's not. Adkan Lohi. Dilma Lohi, Adkan Lohkam, Rabbi Leazar, Hacha, Emshim, Depag, Rabbi Isser, Eishas, Achder, Raisa. Yeah, maybe the reason why Rabbi Leazar says you need a get is because that's an issue of Eishas, Ach. So you have to do Der Raisa, Abel Hasam, Der Abanan. Why do we say that you don't marry a pregnant or nursing lady? That is a Zer Der because we're, we fear that this pregnant nursing lady is going to be distracted by her new hubby and she's going to not nurse her child properly. She's going to want to stop nursing and have another child, right, with this new husband. And therefore we say, you know what, let her take care of the child first and then get remarried. But that's a Durabanan. That's nothing to do with Israel Shasach. Kerbanan's And therefore there, maybe uh, Rabbi Lazar would agree with Rabbanan that you could still marry her, you just have to wait. Or Inami, Adkan, Lokam, Arimeyer, Hasam, Lashim, Durabanan. Yeah, or maybe Reb Meir only said you have to give her a get because he wants to be mechazek that aforementioned gezerah darabanan. But here when you're talking about an ancient sachmi daraisa, certainly Reb Meir would agree that you have to stay away from her. Therefore, the two cases are not identical at all. So Now that we quoted the shita of the Rabbanan, right, the Gemara elaborates uh, why are we Mosiah beget? So Amar Marzutra Daikanami. That's Miduyak 
in the precise reading of the Brisa because the Ketani Yoitzi, because the Brisa says Yoitzi, lo Ketani Yafresh. The Brisa didn't say, oh, stay away, sit on the bench. It said Yoitzi, you have to divorce a Shema We see that it means get like the Rabbanan say. We'll pick up here tomorrow. Bezat Hashem, eight lines up from the bottom of Lamed Vav, Amud Bez. Mech